0: hello geeks everywhere and welcome to another geeks crossing podcast i'm eric i'm keith i'm Matt,
1: and i'm nick
0: giving you all the best geek related content you could ask for and my god spider-man no way home what a movie if you're a
2: marvel fan if you're an mcu fan if you're a spider-man fan this is an attractive and really just one of the strongest marvel movies we've seen in recent times i think i
1: will say that there will be spoilers in this episode so if you have not oh, seen yeah. it, you should uh, go see it it's amazing and all that wonderful stuff quickly you guys want to give a rating for the movie and then go in absolutely okay uh, eric our host
3: what what would you rate this movie I give it a solid 9 out of 10.
1: Very nice.
3: What about you, Nicholas? A 9 as well. A 9 as well. What about you, Matt? Oh, gosh.
2: I think I'm somewhere between 8.5
3: and 9. Yeah, I'll round up to a 9. It is so funny because I'm also with you, Matt. In between that 8 to a 9 range, I think it is like an 8.6 for me and 8.8. 8 because I do also realize a lot of nostalgia plays a role. Mm. However... That will be, I guess, the grades for the movie. So now go check it out, because we are going
0: to get into spoilers. I think this is the highest we ever ranked. Like, these are the highest (laughs) rankings we ever given this season.
1: Yeah. We're generally very harsh when it comes to grading on uh, Marvel projects.
2: To be fair, in my opinion at least, the MCU's been pretty mediocre lately. Like, Uh, 2021 was, like, a decent year for the MCU. They had a lot of stuff out. But, I mean, like, you had Falcon and Winter Soldier, which sucked. You had Eternals, which half of us haven't even seen. Shang-Chi was good. Loki was good. WandaVision was okay. But Spider-Man, if, I mean, at least in my opinion, this, this takes the cake. Like, this is top-tier Marvel. Not just t- top-tier 2021 Marvel. Top-tier Marvel movies altogether.
3: Yeah. But now, that's what I was going to say. Do you think, how high out of all of the Marvel movies would you actually put this? Honestly, it's my top Marvel movie you think this is better than the whole entire infinity war end game all of that
0: yep wow it's definitely top three for me but i just have to think about where it stands
2: this is without a doubt in my top 10 probably top five but i'm not sure i it's it's up for consideration with infinity war end game and
0: the guardians movies but this is a terrific movie definitely in the top 10 so without further ado Shall we get started and explain what the story's about? And would anybody care if I do the honors? Go right ahead. Okay, so taking place immediately after Far From Home, the one thing Spider-Man, a.k.a. Peter Parker, feared the most happens. His identity has been revealed. Bum, bum, bum. And thanks to last-minute dirty work done by Mysterio, the whole world now sees Peter as a criminal and begin to resent him and those who associate with him. To fix this, Peter seeks help from Doctor Strange, who knows a certain spell that can make people forget Peter is Spider-Man. But while tampering with the spell, villains from other universes begin appearing and causing mayhem. Now Peter must find a way to stop these villains, or else their universe will cease to exist. (laughs) Grammatic stakes. It's funny because this movie is
3: fantastic in so many ways, and I have very little issues that would bring the grade down from, you know, that 10 spot that goes down into the 9s and the 8s. But part of it is actually the storyline and of how it goes. And it's like, everybody knows his identity, and that's a huge issue. And then it goes, and I will say, with all these different twists and turns, it was very well-paced for how long the movie was. It, it felt super fast. But you have in the very beginning, it's, oh no, everybody knows who, like, my identity. Like, how am I going to get through this? And they work past it, and it becomes a nothing issue. And then... After that, it's like I want to go to college with my friends. I want my friends to go to college because they're associated with Spider-Man. They can't get in, and then he goes and he's like, "Yo, like, essentially make everybody forget who I am, so or like that I'm Spider-Man, so my friends and I can go to college." And it's like, "Oh, like, what do you mean? Like, you didn't even try admissions. You didn't argue this and that. Like, there were a lot of like little things." Mm-hmm. But then from there, it's oh no, like the spell backfired. You know, it's pulling people from other universes, like all these people into our universe. They're like, oh no, we got to send these people back. He gathers them all up. It's like, okay, we'll send them back. And it's like, no, if we send them back, like they could die in their universes or they do die in their universes. We can't send them back. Which by the way, it's they could, cause you don't know what universe they're exactly from. Like, come on people, it's a multiverse. It's like, oh, like we can't send them back. We got to help them. Goes down a whole rabbit hole. And then the end result is everybody should just forget I exist, period. I never existed, which that has the rest of the issues with the series. But looking back at it, some the main issue that they wanted to fix was going to college with friend with their friends. Like they, he wanted all his friends to go to college, you know, together, whatever this that. It, it just spiraled out of control, and that's where I hate the end result for what it was. Like there were so many different ways.
0: You don't like the ending. I think Keith, well, what you're trying to say is. The buildup that caused that ending is what you feel is problematic. Now that I think about it, yeah. All this because he tried to get his friends accepted to MIT or whatever? Well, that's exactly what it was.
3: It's do the ends justify the means, essentially. And, like, mm. the, the main goal, the main issue is how do I get to all my friends to go to college? Because it wasn't about his identity. He moved past that, and they say that multiple times. Well, part of the reason, the whole reason they couldn't get to college
2: together was because he got his identity exposed.
3: Yeah. No, no, I know, but they, they moved past that in the way where you know they got the person to be like oh I'm I'll talking to admissions this and that like once again if you look at the problem like the main problem in the beginning it just doesn't add up i but see I mean, that
2: but on the other hand when the admissions lady says hey i'll talk to admissions for you i'll get you in by the time that happened doc ock was already there dr strange said to peter oh guess what all these villains from other dimensions are coming he really didn't have time to just be like oh okay MIT's solved back to normal
3: well, that's the thing. I mean, it really did hit all of these other issues. It did keep on evolving, but it was just uh, kind
0: of... I think I see your point, though. I think yeah. I see your point. So, is that everybody's biggest issue with the movie?
2: I don't know if that's my biggest issue. Um- because
0: I do have another gripe, and that is how some of the villains, they quickly change morals. I can help you not relive the same fates from your respective universes. I can change your fate, And then all of a sudden, while they're chilling in Happy's apartment, some of them just changed their morals right the hell out of nowhere it's
2: funny i actually i should say i'm coming to this as someone who has never seen any of the toby or andrew Gar- spider-man movies never seen any of them don't know anything about them other than like the meme but i will say some of the villains at that scene did surprise me some of them didn't lizard was a monster so i'm not very surprised that he shifted morals as you said green goblin it's because of his like mental illness um, his multiple personalities. Electro, I I saw it because like he seemed more motivated by power. Doc Ock didn't. Sandman was surprising though, because Sandman seemed a little bit more like. Kind All and generous. All ever
1: wanted to do was
2: go home to his daughter.
1: He was the one who kept flipping the most.
2: Yeah, he was the one who kept flipping where it didn't make sense, I felt like. Like, I don't know why he, why he took Green Goblin's advice and also became kind of evil-ish. But then again, he also didn't really do too much. He did start attacking Peter at the Statue of Liberty, which I don't really know why he did, because he seems to be a decent guy.
3: But Which Peter?
2: No, <laughs> the Peters, I guess. He started attacking the Peters.
3: He did say that he was fighting to try to get the box back so he could push the button, which, by the way, they should have pressed the button from the very beginning, but whatever. Well, why do you say that? Then there would have been no movie. Well, the, the counter argument is why wouldn't they have pushed the button? Like
2: actually? Because Peter wanted to give all these people a second chance because of what Aunt May told him. Like, oh, you know, this guy. It was all from Green Goblin. He was like, oh, this guy, uh, Os- Osborne, he's lost. He's scared. He's afraid he needs help. You should be there for him. And then when they go back to Doctor Strange's and Doc Ock says, oh, dude, you died. You're dead. And he, Peter realizes, oh, crap, if I send him back, he's going to die.
3: They don't know that. I mean, we all assume that because it's like, mm. oh, that's the multiverse. That's what they're telling. Mm-hmm. But with the multiverse, there's infinite multiverses. Or he, you send him back and he ends up turning good. I also say that because, like, at the time, yes, not pushing the button was a smart choice. But the two times they sh- truly should have hit the button, Well, first of all, when they didn't hit the button in the beginning, and the second time was with MJ, and she was like, oh, the second you do not call me and don't check in, I'm hitting the button. And then she sees on the news that they've exploded the apartment they left. (laughs) She actually just hit the button, like, you know... Mm -hmm.
2: that is true that scene um, it would have that was a little bit more suspending your
3: disbelief yeah like it doesn't add up for a lot of the things and i mean i i understand that spider-man is supposed to be the like with great power comes great responsibility like but should have just pressed the button
0: despite that issue i have in a way this movie did actually fix the problems from the sony and sam raimi movies and that is when you really do think about it most of these villains they're not truly evil they just have tough moral complexities mm-hmm. and even though I did criticize them it did lead to a great resolution because we got to see them have satisfying conclusions to their arcs
2: yeah it's interesting uh, a lot of the villains in marvel we've seen recently like in the MCU have been like driven by world domination and like i'm thinking the guy from shang chi right like this not necessarily evil but wants to unleash this great evil kind of unknowingly
3: Shang-Chi was, like, the best villain because... No, I'm not saying
2: he's a bad villain.
3: No, no, no. That. No, no. Because he was actually a good guy. He was not trying to unleash a great thing. He wasn't like, oh, I'm trying to... He just wanted him. his wife. He was, No, he wanted his he, wife, but it meant he was trying to save great his wife. villain. Yes, on, but yeah, but it meant no. unleashing a great villain that
2: he didn't know, and he refused to he it. look at the facts.
3: I don't... He was blinded
2: by emotion.
3: I don't think you can even say that. He was looking at the facts. What more facts do you need? You can't say... Well, Okay,
2: hold on, phone. How do you not say he was blinded by emotion? He definitely was blinded by emotion. He was a great villain, but he was blinded by emotion. Shang-Chi said, hey, that actually... That voice is not your wife. It is a monster imitating her. And he was just like, nah, Nah, probably her. Probably my wife.
3: I forgot why, because I haven't seen Shang-Chi since it came out. I can definitely give you most of that i'm pretty sure there were more reasons for him to be like oh no it's definitely my wife because of like this and that but also there are two things i won't knock the whole he was blinded by emotion i can definitely give you that like where it was his wife but i think anybody would do the same but it's also you see that time and time again with all the superheroes like everybody's blinded by emotion and that's what gives you the the best moments is you know when you see you know, bash the love interest of said character and all of a sudden they get up and they're like, yo, I'm going super saiyan now, like, I'm going to kill you, like, I'm going to rip you apart when you see, you know, Tony Stark, like, I I don't know, when you see all of these times where the characters go, like, get in the mode and you get the chills and you're like, holy shit, and you're, you're, it's always an emotional thing.
2: I I didn't mean to go off on the tangent, but I'm talking, like, with Spider-Man, Compared to the recent MCU villains like that guy from Shang Chi, who even though I really loved him as a villain, can't say I even remember his name slightly. So I I, that's probably not good. But that guy and Thanos, I just feel like the guys from the Spider-Man movies seem almost so tame by comparison. Just like oh, they're bad guys looking to break stuff. That's kind of the deal. And so it does kind of almost make it more obvious to humanize them a little more like oh yeah these are just some misunderstood assholes like we can actually make these guys good again
3: i just disagree with the point where caring it was all of the villains we've actually seen in the mcu have done like all their evil goals have come from a place of good like it's quite literally the road to hell is paved with, with good intentions yeah, yeah. That's how you see all these other villains. And then you see the people like the guys here where it's like they crave power and like there's no good reasons behind it. Like Electro, who quite literally just wanted more power. That's a very villainous thing. Like you you can't actually make them humane when it's like, yeah, I just care about power. Like I'll kill whoever I want to get to it. Doc Ock, you definitely can because it wasn't his fault. You know, the thing, the chip Green Goblin, you can because it's a mental illness. You know, it's like, oh, damn, you know, it's not his fault type deal. Sandman, too. Yeah, Sandman was just trying to get home to his family, which quite literally is what the Shang-Chi villain was. (laughs) Yeah. I I love that. Like, I put my heart out for those people. Sandman did not care who he was going through to get back to his daughter. And, like...
2: And then Lizard was just insane. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah, no, I I know what you mean. And maybe I'm not explaining it
2: well enough, because I do think there's 100% a difference between a lot of these Spider-Man movies and, like, villains and, like, Thanos... Like, Electro, kind of like you said, he's, like, the definition of petty villain. Like, yeah, he just wants more power.
0: <laughs> That's because he was a nobody in Amazing Spider-Man too. Gotcha.
3: <laughs> but let's be honest, we're, we all are, like, semi-nobodies,
0: or we're nobodies, like... Hell, uh, I'm yeah. still a nobody to this day. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, bottom line, I'm glad that we got to see happy endings with these villains. Because, looking back, it did feel almost unsatisfying to see them die in their respective movies. But can we address the obvious elephant in the room? What? The fact what? that we got to see Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield together in one
1: Spider-Man movie. I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Mm-hmm. That is why it is literally my favorite movie. I don't think I watched the originals in theaters, but I remember growing up with them on DVD and stuff. And then I saw The Amazing Spider-Man in theaters. So seeing every previous Spider-Man come back. It is purely nostalgic, and I will be so fucking uh, selfish about it, I guess, because honestly, that is why.
3: Well, with Nostalgia, best Marvel movie, I can honestly agree with that, because seeing, you know, Tobey Maguire again, like, absolutely. I had all the Spider-Man action figures (laughs) from Tobey's movie, and I I was there, actually, for the release, like, IRL, like, there were no real midnight releases, but I did watch it in theaters, so I could also give that, however- Did I
1: go with you for those?
3: No, not the Maguire ones. Going back, though, what would you
1: give it, though? What what grade would you give it if you remove that nostalgia from it? Probably still an eight. Like, it is still high, but that is why it's my number one movie, is because of them.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, as somebody who has no nostalgia for Toby Maguire or Andrew Garfield, I still gave it almost a nine. I, I think it's still a fantastic movie, coming to it as somebody who did not understand any of the little references. But I do think that if I did, it would probably be even more enjoyable like how I saw Endgame before I saw 90% of the MCU. I
1: don't understand how you did that. Like, I I respect it, but, like, (laughs) what what is wrong with you?
2: I told you, or I've said on this podcast before, I just was never into superhero
1: movies growing up,
2: and I had to get into them kind of almost as a requirement after Endgame. But then when I rewatched Endgame, it got better, because I saw all those little references. So if this is a terrific, terrific movie right now to me, I'm sure it'll only get better after I rewatch or watch for the first time those other spider-man movies but i guess that's almost my counter argument
0: actually i want to piggyback off what you said Matt. i consider this movie in the same scenario with smash bros ultimate the follow-up has big shoes to fill mm-hmm. how do you make a spider-man movie that has all three respected actors exceeded all expectations like it's mind-blowing to think what's going to happen in the next movie
3: Funny you say that because this actually makes me scared for Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness.
2: Scared as in like, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen to these characters? Or scared like, oh, dude, this movie might suck?
3: Scared as in this movie might be like awful. Oh, you tell. After watching this, I think this was beautifully done. These are some of the pros because they brought in the multiverse without making things crazy. My dad will argue because my dad gave this like a three out of ten because of... The multiverse and hitting the button and this and that and but thinking about some of the gripes he had and like looking at how this movie did the multiverse though it actually did amazing like it brought in people from the multiverse it described it without being overbearing without you know bringing back Iron Man or this or that and you really got this the like the linear timeline it wasn't madness mm-hmm. with Doctor Strange but literally being the multiverse of madness I think it going to just be straight chaos and looking at like the loki cast being a part of dr strange oh really yeah and having multiple different aspects going into this crazy multiverse it scares me also the uncredit scene at the end of spider-man they might be biting off more than they can chew oh spider-man i think was a very healthy bite size like oh this explains the multiverse like a little appetizer i'm afraid they're just throwing a whole like 12 ounce steak like right at our face now
1: well, that's why they're introducing the character Miss America, as I believe her name. She yeah. has the power to jump from like dimension to dimension. Oh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> so like, that's, interesting. I think, what they're going to do with it instead of just cluster fucking the whole universe. I forgot. Did they
0: explain in this movie, or in Venom 2 for that matter, how Venom knows Spider-Man?
1: Going I... off of like the symbiote knowledge, I think Matt and I spoke about this the other day.
2: Yeah, my brother told me that apparently in the comics, or maybe in the Venom movies they reference it, the symbiote is multidimensional. So if there's a dimension that the symbiote knows Peter Parker, Spider-Man, that applies to all Venoms. Gotcha.
3: But I'm not 100% sure. That was the other and the final disappointment. Hmm. The end of the movie really did feel disappointing because I was also waiting. I thought it was a cliffhanger at first after rewatching and after rethinking. It's definitely not a cliffhanger. But I was waiting for more. I really wanted to find out more, and I was really waiting. Then they show the after-credit scene, and it was with Eddie Brock at the end of Venom. Spoilers for Venom Two: Venom gets teleported into the universe with Spider-Man, and he sees on TV like Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and he's like, "Oh wow!" He's like, "Whatever!" And Venom's like, "Oh, I want to eat that guy!" And he like licks the TV. <laughs> Like, oh my god, Tom Hardy's a part of the, the the multiverse, like this and that. He's a part of, you know, now the MCU. And now, so there was a crazy hype. Crazy hype. This movie comes out, Venom does not appear. And in the very end credits scene, Venom appears, Tom Hardy and ultimately Venom just get teleported back. Like, he <laughs> actually had no part to play nothing, except that you see a little speck of Venom. So Venom has been introduced into the MCU. But it was such a ease. It was such a ha, I got him. I wonder if they will bring him back in, you know, a multiverse of madness.
2: Well, Nick and I were talking yesterday. There's ideas that Tom Hardy Venom is going to lead into a new amazing Spider Man, and that's going to be Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker is going to be in that universe. So maybe there'll be more Venom Spider Man interactions. But I, I think we are at the very least getting a Venom in the MCU. But it won't be Tom Hardy, so that will be sad for Tom Hardy and uh, Venom fans.
3: Well, no, I was just gonna say this brings up another question from what Matt just said. Do you think that they're gonna continue with like a Tobey Maguire and uh, Andrew Garfield
1: movies? That it's hard to tell. I feel like Andrew got the short end of the stick. Hmm. He only had two movies, great or shitty writing for the most part, and like I want to see more of him. So well, I would not pose to having Venom fight against Andrew in the movie. He's like, oh, I fought an alien in space. Oh, I fought an alien. He's just like, I want to fight an alien. Kind of hinting (laughs) at a potential future, being like, hey, you'll fight this Venom. (laughs) I was going to say, too, with Sam Raimi coming back uh, into
2: the world of superhero movies. Maybe uh, a a potential Spider-Man 4 will
0: be among us. I got to say, the chemistry between all three Peters, breathtaking.
2: Fantastic. It is so good. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. I've always wanted oh.
0: Bryce. <laughs> Dude, the web came out of your arm. We can't do that. <laughs> I love that. I gotta, like, make vials of it in the lab. It's really annoying. <laughs> do, you, do you have a best friend, too? Yeah, he tried to kill me. <laughs> uh, Peter, if I become a superhero, I promise I won't turn evil and try to kill you. <laughs> um, my back's hurt. Oh, don't worry. I'll give you a body crack. There was just <laughs> a great dynamic between all of them. This was my favorite part. Guys, I don't know what I'm doing. Not even really I. I've never been part of a team. Well, I have, not to brag. I've been part of the <laughs> Avengers. No way. That's awesome. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> about that, line, that they, they don't have the Avengers Are in universe. <laughs> Dude, we're in a band. No, it's a team of superheroes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, okay. I'm Peter 1, you're Peter 2, and you're Peter 3. Got it?
1: Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait.
0: What? I love you guys.
1: <laughs> they were on the screen for the right amount of time. And
0: that's yeah. To do. Oh, yeah. Peter. Yeah. Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, that's closest to the computer.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, well, it, was, it was nice because it didn't feel like they stepped on Tom Holland's movie and it was just like a Spider-Verse movie. They were there for the perfect amount of time, I think. I fully agree with you, Nick.
1: Yeah,
0: how'd you guys feel about Aunt May dying?
1: Honestly, I was kind of depressed. I was like, really? Like
0: That was sad. Literally, I almost teared up when I saw it. It didn't quite
2: have a reaction that a lot of other MCU deaths have had for me, but it was still sad.
0: And I really liked
2: how it tested Peter's mercy on Osborn. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I didn't really see that coming. I didn't think they were actually going to kill anybody off. The only thing was, uh, which my friend Liam, a shout out to Liam, pointed out, That with her death, the only issue, once again, it's funny because the movie was amazing. Like, movie fantastic. I can't say anything bad except for these few things, which is why I'm bringing up all the, like, the bad things or, like, the little things to point out. Because ultimately, everything's amazing. But with her death, her being, like, oh, with great power comes great responsibility. The coolest part about, you know, the other movies is it's just something they said. And, like, all of a sudden, it became that big weight, you know. Like, it was never, like, oh, this is it. And with Aunt May dying, she was like, she said it as if she like was like, oh, this is it, like this is the big line, like haha, ha. like look, watch me say this so professionally. <laughs> it felt a little insincere. In time, I was also still so shocked that actually killing off one of the main character, like one of the the good guys, that I was still a part of it. But
0: I also loved how that scene where she offered Doc Ogg's water. She was like, do you, do you prefer a tap or salt so water?
2: Why? Because you're an octopus. Tap water it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really liked Doc Ock in this movie. I, I, I like that he was the one who kind of became good first. Because what, from what I understand, his he had a very tragic story apparently in the Spider-Man movies. Where he became villain by accident. Pretty much, um, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's nice that he became wholesome. <laughs> no, I wanted to also bring up the ending with just what it means for the next Spider-Man movie. And I, I guess what it means for the next trilogy is very cool and very exciting. Yeah. In in a way, the next one's almost going to be the total opposite of this movie. It's going to pretty much just be a self-contained Spider-Man movie. I imagine he might fight Venom. That would be cool, or he'll fight some enemy. It'll be him in New York just kind of doing his own thing, and that'll be very interesting, because this was a very, very big Spider-Man movie, and it looks like the next one they're setting up to be very purposefully small. And that's cool, because I know a lot of people's biggest problems with Tom Holland Spider-Man, Brandon, uh, by the way, shout out to Brandon. He really, this grinds his gears so much, how linked he is to Iron Man. He's like, nah, (laughs) Spider-Man should be his own character. He shouldn't just be like Iron Man's little like buddy. But I think they're setting him up now to be a lot more independent. So that'll be
3: kind of cool. This is the origin story. This is the origin story movie, ultimately. And (laughs) they've never done one like this before. Because you always see it, you know, the first movie's the origin story, or, like, they kind of just sum up it super quickly. But this is actually the origin story. You actually have, you know, Aunt May dying. You actually have great responsibility comes uh, great power, or great power comes great response Yeah, whatever. So, the thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the thing. Fake
3: Spider-Man fan right here. You have him ending up exactly where, like, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man was. And that's super cool because I think that is what it's going to go into. And I'm hoping at this point we'll see Gwen Stacy next and maybe uh, Harry Osborn. Yeah,
2: I was going to say, we know that there's no Oscorp. We don't know about Osborn. We might get like a Mayor Osborn. We might get Norman Osborn as something else. We could see Gwen. We could maybe finally see Miles Morales. We know he exists in this yes. universe, but we haven't seen him yet. A lot of cool, promising stuff. We could finally see what they've been teasing with Vulture and Scorpion in prison.
1: We forgot the biggest thing that was not addressed at all throughout this podcast.
2: Um, Ned has magic. No, he doesn't. He borrowed freaking Doctor Strange's ring. He but you, the ring doesn't
1: give magic. Yeah. Well, we, do we know the anything slim about The ring that just way? helps you teleport. Yeah,
3: the ring is how you can open up a portal. it it's like how a wand is in, like, Harry Potter. Like, it funnels your magic, but it doesn't give you magic. I don't remember them ever saying that. I mean, Ned also did mention during the movie that, like, his parents were always like, oh, you know, we have magic in our family. And he was like, whatever, you shrug it off. He does have magic. But I think in an even bigger thing, what's going to happen to uh, MJ and Ned now that they've kind of been, like, written off in air quotes? They'll come mm. back. The reason why they left the movie off, how they did with everybody forgetting Spider-Man and having like it be very open-ended with MJ and Ned going to MIT is because of the whole contract dispute and they don't know if they're going to be coming back or what's going on with Spider-Man right now. And I know Zendaya has actually said that she doesn't want to work on any movies in the the meantime. I know that that was one of the the things. But even then, if they do get written back into you know the MCU, I wonder what will happen with their characters cuz they don't know Spider-Man, they don't know any other, you know, superheroes. And because they forgot who Peter Parker was and I guess everything with Peter Parker and Spider-Man, I wonder if that means that Ned, which it should, but Ned doesn't even know he has magic anymore.
1: Well, no, I don't know about that. He, they only forgot Peter Parker.
3: See, that was though another issue is you don't know the gives and the takes because at the same time if he knows that he has magic and he remembers at least the scenarios leading up to that, he would know that he worked with Spider-Man.
2: Yeah, that's possible. Everybody still acknowledges that Spider-Man's around, and Spider-Man did something on the Statue of Liberty. Like, they know Spider-Man, but they don't know Peter Parker is Spider-Man, and even if they did, they would have no idea who Peter Parker is.
3: Exactly. So does that mean that, like, the swinging with MJ, like, there was a lot of... Mm, Yeah, I see that. Now, this is really nitpicking, but this was just a fun conversation I had with my family about it does peter parker like actually exist does he have a birth certificate does he have a social security number like yeah park-
1: I, I would feel like that'd to be like i don't know you've asked the uh, strange to make the world forget that mysterio is a person
0: then we wouldn't have this yeah.
3: movie <laughs> <laughs> on top of that
1: this is another one
3: of i think the bigger issues that people ignore When they cast this spell, it didn't become like that white screen where people wake up and they're like, oh, they never remembered him. Everybody just forgets. MJ still has the scratch from whatever before. Like The Statue of Liberty is still the Statue of Liberty. Nothing changed except for people forgot who Spider-Man was, but nothing changed physically. Mm. Which means MJ and Ned wake up on the Statue of Liberty just like, what the fuck's going on? Doctor Strange wakes up just standing there like, why the hell am I casting this spell? Now, couldn't Spider-Man just go stand in front of Dr. Strange and be like, hey, you just forgot who I was. We casted this spell. But now, going back, doesn't Dr. Strange remember Spider-Man but not Peter Parker? That was a gripe I had. Why didn't Peter Parker go to Dr.
2: Strange instead of MJ and Ned? Why didn't he go to him and say, hey, you don't know who I am. I'm Spider-Man and you casted this spell on me and, and kind of rejog his memory.
3: Well- I was expecting so many different outcomes, or you know, Doctor Strange, read my mind, like look at my past memories, like you'll see everything. Like I was expecting mm. so much more from that, and uh, it would—I guess it would have been too too much of
0: an easy out. <laughs> yeah. Despite all the problems I have, it is a fantastic movie. I'm keeping it at a nine out of ten.
3: Really? Did I change anybody's opinion?
1: Nope. Not for me, I still think it's fantastic. Okay, Mr. Nostalgia. Literally, <laughs> I still think it's a pretty phenomenal movie. It was
2: never my number one movie of all time, so I can't really say that. It does make you think about the problems of it, but I really can't think of a single MCU problem that doesn't have contrivances and plot holes. And True. a lot of times you'll have to be forced to think, oh, well, there's 600,000 other powerful superheroes. Where are they all during this movie? Yes. You know, like there's always leaps in logic with the MCU. If Spider Man moves down a rung, so does everybody else. So Spider-Man's still on top.
3: Yeah. I think there were a lot of holes, and I do think maybe like an 8.5 is the correct. I mean, this was one of the best like Marvel movies ever, but I don't know, just for what it was. I
0: do see your point. Uh, I respect your opinion.
2: Now, Daredevil might be a Spider-Man character, which would bring Kingpin into the mix, because apparently Kingpin is in the Daredevil show.
0: He's also in Hawkeye.
1: Oh, I wow, haven't seen it. Wow, Eric. Oh, Eric. I was going to say that, but
3: wow. I gonna, no, honestly, I was going to say the same exact thing. You guys oh. suck.
2: I haven't seen it yet.
3: Well, it, It's not a big spoiler. You, you'll see. <laughs> all
2: right, whatever.
0: Wow, oh, wow Eric. <laughs> hey, tough <talk> shit, Nick.
3: <laughs> I've seen it. It's like me. It's mad. <laughs> it be...
2: All right, fine. So, yeah, characters are going to show up that are going to be cool. And I don't want to hear which ones anymore because I still haven't seen all of
0: guys maybe we'll talk about it next season yeah Yeah. you heard right next season oh yes we reach another season finale on geeks crossing it's insane a year ago we started this podcast and then over the summer we did our 100 episode and now we're at the end of 2021 with another season finale
2: i was gonna say this season has been very very big for us we have a record number of all kinds of episodes We have our longest episodes ever. We saw our 100th episode and our one-year anniversary. So this is a big season for us, and we really thank you all for joining us for the ride, especially all of our loyal listeners who've been here from very early on, and for our new recruits. Thank you for listening, and we hope to keep you guys around.
0: I think this season was definitely better than the last season, because we added more variety. Like We add new segments, like Who's the Biggest Geek, Geek Debates, which I'm kind of butthurt that we didn't do how yeah, much of them?
2: Yeah, and all the more for se- the next season. I want to do more uh, geek debates. I want to do more who's the biggest geek because so far we've only done one of those. And I want to do more ranking stuff as a group because that food, fast food episode was one of the most fun ones we've ever done, in my opinion.
3: Wait a minute. Um, what was this who's the biggest geek?
0: That was with Eric and some of his guest stars. Speaking of guest stars, shout outs Kalo, Charles, Gabe. Brandon
2: and Aiden, who appeared more. Brandon might be here for more guest episodes next season. I'm not really sure what he wants to do, but rest assured, you haven't heard the last of him. Joe, Jose,
0: Mm-hmm. Cat appeared twice, I think. Yes, we had some rambles with Cat. And our first guest of this season, Paul, the podcast wolf. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we actually had some special guests this
2: season with their own podcast. So Paul and Kalo, right, have their own podcasts too.
0: Yeah, the podcast wolf and the Get Comfy podcast, Check them out when you get a chance. They're awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you guys want to talk about plans for next season? As usual, I want to continue with what I know best. You know, Pokemon, Kingdom Hearts. Well, actually, next year is Kingdom Hearts' 20th anniversary, so expect a lot of episodes on that. But I also Mm -hmm. want to do some more geek debates, who's the biggest geek, maybe tier list, and hopefully to have more guests on this podcast because you never have too many guests.
2: I know. Well, say that's my goal for next season, is to get maybe two or three new guests. We'll see if it comes true. I want to talk about a lot of stuff next year. Also, of my random little one-off stuff that I usually talk about. I have a lot of interesting Renaissance Mads cooking about things that I've never talked about on the podcast before. So, crazy stuff. It's also South Park's 25th anniversary next year. So, I think one of my opening episodes is going to be about South Park. And then, of course, we got my Mario real estate series continuing into next season i really do hope to do more fun group stuff with you guys just review episodes we got a lot more mcu stuff we'll have to talk about a lot more other stuff we can talk about and yeah definitely group tier lists the geek segments who's the biggest geek geek debates all that stuff is so fun
0: and i'm looking forward to doing a lot more of it in season four with you guys yeah i was about to say pretty much anything that's trendy in geek culture nine out of ten times we're gonna cover it Mm -hmm. keith We like to tell our listeners about your podcast idea.
3: Absolutely, I'm working that out with how it goes with my bucket list and when I start to cross more things off. (sighs) Yeah, no, I'm just uh, doing a podcast about a bucket list and hitting goals. So uh, that will be probably going out. It's so crazy though, because on Anchor, it's like choose your name, and I'm like, okay, my name is Keith, and it's like, cool, Keith. Like, okay, and then. So now what? Like I record an episode and I hit post and like it says it will go to Spotify, this and that. And I was like, I was like, but the name of the podcast isn't supposed to be Keith. It's supposed <laughs> to be Keith's Great Bucket List or this or that. Uh, essentially, it's supposed to just be a very positive in the podcast where half the time it's going be talking about, you know, the beauty in humanity and society and why you should stay alive. Nice. And half of the time will be goals and how to reach them or and how I hit them like fly an airplane which is actually way more realistic than i ever thought like than i ever imagined um, <laughs> so i will be doing that and then i'm going to talk all about it how it was how to do if i recommend it a lot of episodes of fillers and me talking about my life stories this and that and uh hopefully it's uh useful to somebody
0: well whatever happens you got my support buddy i just uh, hope you have time for this podcast too
3: please we could be spitting out way more episodes
0: we just gotta figure out schedules I still want to hear you talk about music, too, on this podcast.
3: Absolutely. But
2: uh, I'm very excited for the Bucket List podcast. And I'm excited for what we have in store for Season 4. Lots and lots of stuff, lots of solos about stuff we've talked about, stuff we have never talked about. New series and old
0: series bringing back, group tier lists, everything that you could imagine. So very exciting. Very exciting. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to continue supporting us on all available platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, or whatever you want to call it, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, or Audible, or wherever you get your podcast needs.
2: Mm -hmm. And uh,
0: be sure to tell your friends and family about us, especially
2: the Spider-Man fans in your life, or the fans of any other episode you could recommend, because we have a very, very, very diverse set of interests and subjects on this podcast,
0: so... Get listening. <laughs> and tell your friends and family to get listening, too. And join our Discord server. Trust me, we're fun people to talk with. Mm-hmm. Link is in the description of this very episode along with our Instagram at Geeks Crossing. The geekiness won't Woo. stop there, because on Twitch, be sure to watch Nuclear Bacon's CryptoLock Games and our secret FIT member, Tyler. <laughs> or, I should say, secret 6th member, because who <laughs> knows? That FIT position might be taken soon.
1: Mm-hmm. We're going to
0: see as it goes, but... Very exciting stuff. Any closing Ooh. thoughts, you guys?
1: Honestly, thank you guys so much for supporting us through these
0: amazing old
1: years. Keep listening, and we hope to see you in the future. Absolutely.
2: Stick around and, and tell other people to come join us. Like, that, I think, is the biggest thing. We're, we're really happy that you have continued listening to us, and we'd love to have more people around.
3: Follow us on Instagram, too, and shoot us uh, messages there, because that's where I, um, I do have access to our Instagram. <laughs> I might have been the creator of that.
0: <laughs> but uh we all have access to that instagram
3: but i can actually respond on it. and i'd love to hear uh what you think of the ramble episodes or if you'd like to hear more
0: uh thought out episodes
3: and we've got plenty of both
0: coming so let us know
3: yes indeed
0: and as always stay true to your geek selves Bye-bye. peace